Hello and welcome back. My name is Luke and you're listening to another episode of the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. Our next speaker is one of the world's most prominent climate advocates. Al Gore closed out the Web Summit 2017 with this keynote speech that educated and inspired the audience, earning a standing ovation from the center stage crowd. I come to you today at a time when many people are worried about the state of our world. You know, uh, many are worried that our economic system is not fit for purpose. I think there obviously have to be some serious reforms to capitalism so that we start integrating the environment and sustainability values into what we measure and what we invest in, what we decide to do. Many people, perhaps especially in my country, are worried that our democracy has been hacked and in many countries, uh, elites have captured the policy-making process. Uh, we've seen the rise of inequality of incomes and net worths in almost every country in the world. Uh, we have seen the stagnation of middle-income wages for decades, really. Uh, and of course, we have seen the onrushing climate crisis. There are really only three questions left where the climate crisis is concerned. Number one is, do we really have to change? We still rely on carbon-based energy for 80% of all the energy used in this world, and it's lifted living standards and reduced poverty and helped to create uh, the modern conveniences. And naturally, people ask, do we really have to change? Well. Spoiler alert, the answer is yes, but I'm going to give you a little more detail on why we really have to change. But when you hear these examples, don't get too depressed because the answers to the second and third questions are actually very positive and very optimistic. This, the second question after do we have to change is can we change? And it's equally important because if we have to change and we don't have the ability to change, then that's a recipe for anxiety and depression and despair, uh, and people just are tempted to say party on. But the answer to that second question, can we change, is a resounding yes, and I'm going to give you a few examples of that. And then the third and final question is, will we change? And that's the most important question of all. And I'll tell you in advance that my purpose here is not to entertain you. It's not to try to just give you some facts that you may not have run across previously. My purpose here is to recruit you to be a part of the solution to the climate crisis and the ecological crisis on this planet. We can solve it. We have to solve it. And with your help, we will solve it. Uh, it's very exciting what's going on, and I'm optimistic, I'm hopeful, but we need to match all the new tools we have and all the exciting opportunities with enough political will to really get the job done. Everything depends on it. But first of all, that first question, do we really have to change? I won't belabor this too much, but most of you know the facts. But the single most important part of this collision between civilization and nature is the climate crisis. And the reason it's the most important is that the most important, the most vulnerable part of the Earth's ecological system is the atmosphere. The sky 
is a very thin shell surrounding the planet. Most of you know that, but when you walk outside on a beautiful day like today, the sky can appear as if it goes on forever. But you see from the pictures uh, brought back uh, by the astronauts from space, it's a, a very thin line. If you could drive a car at highway speed straight up in the air, you'd get to the top of the breathable sky in about five to 10 minutes. And every single day, we're putting 110 million tons of man-made global warming pollution into that thin shell of atmosphere, and it's trapping heat. The accumulated amount is so large that it now traps every day as much extra heat energy as would be released by 400,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every 24 hours. And that is disrupting the natural cycles. Most of it goes into the ocean, and that disrupts the water cycle. That's why we've got all these big downpours now. That's why we've got the bigger floods and the mudslides. But the same extra heat energy that causes the disruption of the water cycle also pulls the moisture out of the soil, and it dries things out. The, dro the droughts take hold quicker and, and go deeper and last longer. The same extra heat is melting the ice and raising sea level. We're seeing both Greenland and Antarctica melt at an accelerated rate. In Miami, Florida, I walked in the streets sloshing through water on a sunny day, no rainfall in sight, hadn't been any, but it was high tide. And there are many cities around the world, a lot of them in South Asia, a lot of them in North America, some in Europe. All of those and other consequences tell us the answer to that first question, do we have to change, is yes, we have to change. What are you thinking? Of course we have to change. We cannot condemn the next generation to, a, to lives of degradation and despair. But the second question is, can we change? And there the answer is an incredibly positive and resounding yes. Look at what's happened in the world of technology. Just look at energy, for example. Here's what I believe, and the evidence I believe bears this out. Our world is now in the early stages of a sustainability revolution that has the magnitude of the industrial revolution, but the speed of the digital revolution. And it's empowered by the digital tools, including the Internet of Things and machine learning and progressively better forms of artificial intelligence. And a lot of these new tools and technologies are being developed by men and women right here in this auditorium today. We're seeing the use of data to figure out what needs to be done, focus on that, get rid of the unnecessary uh, encumbrances and waste, and, and just get the job done. This is beginning to reduce emissions. Solar photovoltaic electricity has been coming down so fast in cost that in many areas of the world, it is now significantly cheaper than any kind of electricity that can be produced from fossil fuels, burning coal or gas or diesel or oil. So technology is helping us to displace fossil fuels and generate electricity from clean, renewable sources. We can match that up with the new levels of efficiency in business, industry, homes, every part of our civilization. In the developing countries of the world, they do not have elaborate landline electricity grids, so a lot of them don't have electricity now. 
In India, there are as many people with no electricity at all as the entire population of the United States of America. And they're not going to get it with these grids taking electricity from coal burning plants, but they're going to get it from solar. They're going to get it from rooftop solar and village solar uh, and utility scale solar and from wind. And it's getting cheaper all the time. The global economy, what do we need? Well, we need reforms to capitalism, as I said, but we also need to address what the economists call a weakness in secular demand. We need a global project to put tens of millions of people to work. Well, you know what? We've got a global project to solve the climate crisis, to address the emissions that are destroying our future at present and put people to work on solar and wind and batteries and electric cars and sustainable agriculture and sustainable forestry and efficiency improvements. Every one of these social revolutions, like the climate movement, like the sustainability movement, has been led ultimately by young people. And I look out at this audience and I know who you are. Most of you are extremely young. Most of you are determined to be a part of building a bright future. Making good money, yes. But in the process, helping to make the world a better place. That's what we all should be about. So can we solve this climate crisis? Yes. We have the tools that we need. They are available. Now there's opposition uh, in the political systems of this world. The fossil fuel companies have built up uh, over the last century a lot of monetary wealth and political power and a network of connections and they're pulling out all the stops to try to paralyze this historic movement uh, of the sustainability revolution. But you know, the people still ultimately have the most powerful voice. And those of you who are building exciting new businesses can have much more influence than practically anybody else. But here's the thing. That, final, that third and final question, will we change? doesn't have an answer yet. I believe I know the answer. I believe the answer is yes, but the real answer is really and truly going to come in significant part from you. So my point is, you, especially those of you who are building technology companies that can bring higher levels of efficiency and rationality to, to reduce emissions, to make businesses more efficient in every possible way, you can have a bigger impact on whether or not we really do change, whether the, the answer to that question, will we change, is yes, than practically any other group in the entire world. You want to be a part of productive enterprises that make good money but also move us in the right direction. Now is your time. When the central question is boiled down to a binary choice between what's right and what's wrong, then the outcome is foreordained because of who we are. That is the moment we're at right now. That is the tipping point we stand on the threshold of right now with the climate movement. So I'm asking you here at the end of my talk, just as I did at the beginning of my talk, I'm trying to recruit you. 
I wish that I could find the words and the manner of articulating them that would go straight from my heart to your heart. Everything is at stake. Trust me, 10 years from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, you're gonna look back at this year, 2017, and you're gonna say, boy, it was a whole lot more serious than I realized it was, and the opportunities were much greater than I realized they were. That's the moment we're in. We need your help. We need your passionate involvement. And I'll close with this. There are people I know who are vulnerable to sinking into despair in spite of the fact that we have all the tools we need to solve this crisis because they think to themselves, maybe we don't have the will to change. Well, let me just remind you that the will to change is itself a renewable resource. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here with you at the Web Summit. Good luck to you. Thanks for listening. If you like that, be sure to join us again next and every Wednesday for more from the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit.